It is indeed a pleasure and a privilege to be here to preach the Word of God to you, to open the Word of God with you, and to meet the Lord today in His house. Turn your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 22. 1 Chronicles 22. I hope that you can remember the five houses of God that the Bible describes without trying to look at variations of some of them. Remember that Jacob once poured oil on a stone where he had seen God and a ladder extended from heaven to earth with angels ascending and descending, God's personal presence and favor upon his life. He poured oil on that stone in the morning and called it Bethel. Bethel, you know, which is the house of God, the house of Elohim. And then Moses built a tent for the Lord. And that was the house of the Lord, the tabernacle of the congregation. Then Solomon built a house for the Lord that was a magnificent palace, one of the beauties and most impressive facilities on earth. That was torn down by Nebuchadnezzar, so was the rebel rebuilt it. Herod added to it greatly. And then the Lord Jesus Christ tore that down in 70 A.D., for the rebellion of his people against him and crucifying his son. But the fifth house, what is it? The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're in the house of God, where God chooses to meet with his people and you want to meet with him today. First Chronicles chapter 22. One of my favorite verses that some of you know already is in verse 5 where David said that he wanted to build God a house that was exceeding magnificult. Now, you have not used that word in a sentence this past week, but it's in our King James Bible. And we want 2019 to be an exceeding magnificent year. We want today's assemblies to be exceeding magnificent assemblies. I sent you in the preparatory email last night, 2 Samuel chapter 7 and the first three verses, where David sat in his house and was bored. God had destroyed all of his enemies. He had extended the kingdom of Israel ten times what Joshua conquered. We'll get to that later today. But he sat in his house, and he wanted something to do. Not for pleasure, not for his wives, not for his children, for the Lord. And so he thought to himself, this isn't fair. I have this beautiful fixed dwelling place, and the Lord's being worshipped in a tent. I'm going to build him a palace. That is how we want to think. What can we do better? Where can we show some create creativity in celebrating the goodness of God to us and the Lord Jesus Christ, his son? We know more about God and his salvation than David did. And so 1 Chronicles 22 brings us to this event. Chapter, the, the event that I told you about last night, he wanted to build God a house. Initially, Nathan told him to go do it. Then Nathan retracted that because the Lord told him to. And so he withdrew his plan and left it for Solomon. But David said, I'm going to pay for it. If I can't build it, I'll pay for it. That is how much David, in his zeal, loved the worship of God and the house of God. In chapter 21, God had an issue with Israel. So he turned David over to Satan. That's what the Bible tells us. And David numbered Israel. And God killed 70,000 Israelites for it. 
And David saw that angel of the Lord standing over Jerusalem with a drawn sword as 70,000 died. And David begged God for mercy. And Gad the prophet told David, go offer some sacrifices. And so he ran to the spot where the angel stood, and the angel stood in the field of Ornan the Jebusite there in Jerusalem. It was once called Jebus, a capital of the Jebusites, and so there were some Jebusites still there. They, many of them had converted. Ornan was a great man. The Bible says he conducted himself like a king. And David runs to the spot and asks for the yoke that's on his oxen and for his oxen. And Ornan gave them to him. And David said twice, I will not take them unless I pay. Because David knew that worship that doesn't cost isn't acceptable to God. It's just a wonderful... Chapter 21 is wonderful in its own right. I'm going to end up preaching on David and Ornan. And, and I don't mean to do that today. We just want to get warmed up right now. We just want to get started. But David bought the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And David killed the oxen, put them on the altar that he made in a hurry, and God dropped fire down from heaven to show that he had accepted that offering. And the angel took his sword and sheathed it. This is in 1 Chronicles chapter 21. David knew by inspiration right then that that spot was the spot for Solomon's temple. And that spot was the spot for the altar of Solomon's temple. Look at verse 1 of 1 Chronicles 22. Then David said, This is the house of the Lord God, and this is the altar of the burnt offering for Israel. Now there's no house there. There's just a field. There's just a threshing floor. But David knew by inspiration that this was the very spot. This spot... If you flip over a few pages, don't lose this page. But 2 Chronicles chapter 3 and verse 1, it tells us about that spot. 2 Chronicles 3, 1. Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared unto David his father in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusites. You see this tied together. We're given the name now of the place where David offered the sacrifice where Solomon would build his temple, it's Mount Moriah. Now, have you ever run into Moriah elsewhere in the Bible? Genesis chapter 22 is where Abraham was going to offer his son Isaac, and God provided a lamb, ram, for him. Remember? Mount Moriah. And so these events are being tied together by the Lord giving us these little pieces in First and Second Chronicles. Then if you look at chapter 28 of 1 Chronicles and verse 19, you can find out how the blueprint came around for this beautiful temple that Solomon built. The blueprint was given to David. He couldn't build it, but he could plan it, design it with God's help and inspiration and pay for it. 1 Chronicles 28 verse 19, All this, says David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me even all the works of this pattern. The blueprint was given to me, and Solomon's going to do it. This is the largest project David undertook in his life. He's 55, 60 years old. 
65 years old. He only lived to be 70. But later in his life, after God had destroyed all his enemies, he wanted something to do for the Lord, and he undertakes his biggest project. And when you read some of the chapters that follow this one, and some of the words and verses in this chapter, it is a tremendous building project that he undertook. The amount of gold, silver, brass, and iron that was gathered are the greatest numbers found anywhere in the Bible. And sometimes it will just say, without number. And here's his purpose. And so let me read all of verse 5 to you. This is David's project for 2019. And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender. And the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceeding magnificent of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. As I wrote you yesterday in that preparatory email, David did not rest on his laurels. David did not retire on the job. David did not take it easy because he had done such great things for the Lord, from killing Goliath to expanding the empire to setting up a new tabernacle for Israel. He was a great leader already, but he wasn't content with those things which are behind, just like Paul. When Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, he was not talking about his sins. He was not talking about his failures. He was talking about his successes. People misunderstand that verse. Paul was talking about a race to be run, and he had run three laps of a mile race, which requires four laps. And so he wanted to press on in that fourth lap. And he said, I haven't yet apprehended that for which I was apprehended. I have not yet attained that that God expects out of my life. So forget those things that I've already done. I press forward and run for that finish line. It doesn't matter how you ran lap one, two, or three. If you're at the beginning of lap four, it's how you run lap four. David and Paul are great examples in both Testaments. I love this verse right here. I love the words, it must be exceeding magnificent. And today needs to be exceeding magnificent for the Lord and of fame and of glory as far as he'll allow our little church's reputation to go. What will you do in 2019? Will it be exceeding magnificent for the Lord? Will it be of fame? Will it spread your reputation like David and Paul? It's a challenge for us. It's a challenge for me. I have to say it, but I've already been confronted by it in the days and hours leading up to this moment right now. And I want to be confronted by it today. And I thank you men for the prayers in the back room this morning. What can we do that would be exceeding magnificent for the Lord in 2019? We're in the house of God that's better than anything David ever planned, designed, paid for, and Solomon built. We're in a house better than what Zerubbabel put, put together. And that house was better than Solomon's by far because the Lord Jesus Christ visited that place. The desire of all nations came and was taken in there by Joseph and his mother Mary. Simeon held that little baby and said, Lord, now thy servant can depart, for I have seen thy salvation. And at 12 years of age, he confounded the doctors of the law in that fourth house. And when he was 30, he entered that house and did all kinds of miracles, drove out the money changers, purified that temple, and called it my father's house of prayer. But three and a half years later, he said, your house 
is left unto you desolate. And he tore it to the ground, so there was not two stones left attached to each other. And Tyrannus Rufus of the 12th legion of Assyria plowed up Mount Zion and Mount Moriah, so there was no evidence left of a temple in Jerusalem. But we have this temple. And this is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, which shall stand forever. Churches have come and gone, but there's always been churches, and there's always been the kingdom of Jesus Christ here on earth. Let us pray. Oh, Lord God, our Father. Oh, Lord, have mercy upon us. We're weak. We're distracted. We're tired. We're stressed. We're occupied with the things of this life. And we pray that by David's example, you will remind us of a man that had more duties and responsibilities and worries than we have domestically, politically, nationally. We can be like him. Show us this day, each of us, the things that we should do better, the things that we could creatively do for you in 2019 to give you the best years, the best year of our lives, individually and collectively. We thank thee for the word of God. Heavenly Father, we have learned things reading in Genesis this week that remind us we have a source document unlike any in the world. We know details of things they don't have a clue about. And we thank thee for the details of Ordan the Jebusite, Gad the prophet, David the king, Solomon his son, and the intentions and desires of his heart. Thank you for opening the heart of David and putting it on the pages of Scripture that we can know how he thought, how he worshipped, and the ambition of his soul. Let our ambition be like his. As my brother Zach prayed this morning, blessed Lord, let us be like David in Psalms 27 and verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. We thank thee for the temple of God, the local church of the Lord Jesus Christ that we have this day. We have assembled in this temple, in this house, and we pray that you will fill it with your spirit, that you will fill us with your spirit, and that you will guide our thoughts and our affections toward heaven and heavenly things this day. Open the word of God to us. Let us see it very plainly and very clearly. Convict us by mighty power and lift us up, O Lord, this day, that we might go from this place far better than how we arrived. Forgive us our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, O Lord. Purge us, and we shall be clean. Wash us with the hyssop of the blood of Christ interceded by his presence at thy right hand, that we might be in fellowship with thee this day, nothing hindering us, nothing withholding thy blessing. Father in heaven, we thank thee for America, and we pray that you'll preserve it. We pray for all your churches and all your servants in every place that call upon thy name in sincerity and in truth, that you will bless them more than you bless us, that your kingdom might be strengthened, broadened, deepened in this world. Protect them from their enemies. 
Open the word of God to them. Give them foreheads of flint. Give them eloquent tongues. And let the word of the Lord have free course and be glorified today in many places. Father in heaven, be with us now. I thank thee for this privilege. The least of all thy servants. Help me this day to feed these people. That they will go from this place strengthened and full of zeal for thy worship and for thy son. And it's in his name, the son of David, the son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we pray and commit ourselves to thee for today, for our lives in this world, and eternal life in the world to come. Amen. Amen.